Welcome to Living an Inspired Life, the podcast that takes you on a transformative journey from adversity to triumph. I'm your host, Julianne White, and together with my co-host, Gabriella, we're here to guide you through stories of personal growth, empowerment, and healing. Join us as we deep dive into the remarkable journey of Julie, who has not only overcome her own struggles, but has also turned her life around to become an award-winning entrepreneur and a beacon of inspiration for countless others. In this podcast, we'll unveil the powerful narrative of Julie, who has experienced the depths of darkness and emerged as a shining example of what's possible when you embrace change and harness the potential within. But Julie's journey doesn't stop with her own transformation. It extends to helping other women embark on their unique healing paths. Together, we'll explore how subconscious beliefs can act as hidden barriers, preventing us from fully experiencing life's joys. Whether it's reaching our fullest potential, navigating the complexities of conception, easing the challenges of menopause, or fostering a fulfilling and vibrant sex life, Julie's insights will empower and guide us towards the life we truly desire and deserve. Through candid conversations, expert interviews and heartfelt anecdotes, living an inspired life will serve as your compass, pointing you towards renewed hope, self-discovery and the tools needed to break free from the chains of limitation. Join us on this transformative expedition as we learn, heal and thrive because every woman deserves to live an inspired life. We're kickstarting the Living an Inspired Life podcast with learning about Julie's story. Julie, thank you for being here and bravely sharing your story. Let's start at the beginning. Could you share with our listeners the turning point that led you where you are now? So I guess it started when I found out I was pregnant. And up until that point, my partner and I had led party life, I would say, We only used to see each other at weekends and when we did, we would go out, we would go raving. But then when I found out I was pregnant and he carried on with that lifestyle, I realized it had completely consumed us and I didn't want that life for me. I didn't want that life for my daughter, but what I came to realize in the time that I was pregnant and in the first 18 months of my daughter's life was that he would carry on with the cannabis, with the cocaine, with the ecstasy, with the drinking. And I never had any money. I was so poor. And because we had joint bank accounts, my wages would go in to fuel his habit. I was looking at a five pack of knickers. I think they'd been reduced to four pounds. It was a choice between, you know, either something that my daughter would need and I I put them back. And my cousin died age 36 when Lily was about 20 months old. And I was so ill and so depressed throughout my whole start of my mothering journey. Her death made me realize there is so much more to life than living a life that is so unhappy and and I was unhappy I was I was just a shell and the sad thing is I don't really remember the first two years of of my daughter's life because 
when she was born, she was diagnosed with a, a long-term disability and my living situations. We had heroin addicts living next door but one and we had fighting in the street going on all the time. And I was just kind of existing. Nothing in life was good. And so at that point when she died, I was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> I cannot live this life anymore. I wanted better for Lily, but I wanted better for me as well. And so I left <laughs> and I outstretched myself to go and get a nice big detached house in a nice area. And, and I thought I'm going to make this work. And then all of a sudden, because I'd cut financial ties from my ex, I had all this money mm. and I was like, oh my gosh, wow. Like I can afford this house and I can afford to go on holidays and I can do all of this stuff now. And so in leaving that life behind, what I decided to do then was change to one of learning. And I became addicted to study and had this underlying belief that I was not clever, came from school mm. and I, I set off on a path to, to, to prove myself wrong. And so I was managing day nurseries at the time combined my leadership and management degree with what I was doing in, in the nurseries to better myself. And so I took this inadequate nursery um, right in the heart of Liverpool that had the smallest yard space in Merseyside. And in the course of the two years whilst doing my degree, got it to, we didn't win an award, but we were nominated for a national award for the experiences that we gave the children outdoors. Wow. And during that period of my life, I was disabled as well. I'd lost my mobility. I had osteoarthritis in my right hip. And being a single mum of a preschool child, completely debilitated and living in chronic pain whilst doing a full-time degree and working full-time was probably one of the hardest things that mentally I had ever done and um but that's kind of how my journey into entrepreneurship started because when we were nominated for the award in the other nursery I spent four months recovering and decided that if I could do that for somebody else I could bloody well do it for myself yeah. <laughs> and so that was my my leap into entrepreneurship and my daughter was the driving force behind that to completely get away from that that lifestyle. And the difficult thing was, you know, I'd left that lifestyle and then got diagnosed with the osteoarthritis. And that was another two year journey. But each time I was, I want better. Mm -hmm. I want more. I want, I want to achieve something. I want my daughter to be able to look at me and go, my mum did that and she did that all on her own. So that was like the start of it, the driving force behind it. Amazing. So talk me through, because that's a really, really inspiring journey. And I think there will be people out there who are struggling, you know, maybe struggling with addiction, maybe struggling with other things, feeling stuck in their life. And you've gone and rebuilt a whole new life for yourself. Talk me through the steps that you took to do that. It took me 18 months to finally 
decide because I knew in in the background I'd have the little voice telling me all the time leave him leave him this life is not for you but it's fearful it's mm. it's a scary it's a scary leap of faith to take and not know what's on the other side and not know if you're going to be okay and and I guess my cousin dying was just the catalyst to go do you know what <laughs> what have you got to lose and the interesting thing is because there's been many many times throughout my life since that where I've always taken a leap of faith and whenever I've taken that leap of faith it's like the universal safety net has always caught me and has always looked after me in in every situation with the big house that I had outstretched myself for when when I moved into that house I was like how am I going to be able to afford this? And I had a leaflet come through the door that said, do you have a spare room? Can you host exchange students? I was like, yeah, I can can host exchange (laughs) students. That's brilliant. And that paid the whole rent. You know, I'd have people come from France and Spain and Italy and they'd come and stay with me. And it just worked so well. And I was okay. And I think that was a little bit of my first taste that if you put yourself out there, if you take a leap of faith, actually something will come and and support you with with that but when I left my ex-partner I left with nothing just I had to start again he wouldn't give me any money from the house to be able to leave and and I literally left with like a few suitcases and I moved into a house that I was part furnished and I was like right here I am let's start again the only way is up. <laughs> There's a really gorgeous infographic, actually, that I love that I have printed on my desk, which is two circles that overlap and one it basically says that magic happens outside your comfort zone. And it, it absolutely does. Absolutely. It's like that saying goes, isn't it? Feel the fear and do it anyway, mm-hmm. because fear is what keeps you stuck. And until you are ready to become uncomfortable, mm-hmm then things are just going to remain stuck and they're not going to change. And it is taking that leap of faith and embracing the fear and trusting that when you do, you're doing it from a place of love and you will be okay after it. Mm. And you've taken quite a few leaps of faith. So you've recently created um, your business, Posse Galore, and all of these leaps of faith require a lot of courage and a lot of determination so you know we talked about your journey to becoming an entrepreneur the first time but with Pussy Galore why did you choose this particular path and have the courage to do it? My previous business Nature to Nurture I won lots of awards I was outstanding in all areas we were on the BBC I was on radio broadcasts I went to China to set up forest schools What I accomplished with that business whilst going through trauma, which I'll talk about later, was remarkable. But I always felt like I had imposter syndrome with it, even though I had achieved all of these things. A lot of the time it didn't resonate or I felt like I had imposter syndrome or it would give me deep anxiety. And what happened was, not long after COVID, when we had that that big gap in, in time, I started to embark on my own healing journey. 
And it was because my daughter suffers with really bad periods that keep her in bed for two to three days each month that I just spent years on this quest to find things that would alleviate that pain for her. And I, I found the belief code in first, which started to uncover the trapped traumas within my pelvic bowl. And a lot of them actually were to do with my birthing journey, the depression I had when I'd first given birth to my daughter, sexual trauma um, from when I was 15, 17, 19, which I hadn't realized had played out in the whole undercurrents of my life for 30 years. And so through the belief coding process, I started to unravel all these traumas that were in my pelvic bowl. And once I started to do that, it was like I was on a universal wave. And I trusted that what was happening in my life was for my highest good. And so I then started to get all these downloads coming in and visions because I'm a visionary. And I knew that I'd gone through this process before with Nature to Nurture, so I trusted it. And I was like, led in bed one night and pussy galore came into my head. And I was like, no, universe, no, you can't want me to set up a business called Pussy Galore. <laughs> and, and but because it happened before, I was like, right, okay, let's see where this is going to take me. And that took me on the holistic pelvic care journey. But it took me three months to be able to put my Pussy Galore Instagram page public because the word pussy for me was very triggering. Mm. And through the belief coding steps, you can literally bring to the forefront where it comes from. And the porn industry had a lot to do with why that triggered me so much and why I didn't want her to be kind of spoken about in that way. It felt disrespectful. And so then I went on the journey of, with the burning times and what happened with the patriarch and and how language has been denigrated against women. And I was like, I've carried this for 30 years, mm. this shame over words, over culture, over societal expectations. I'm not having that for my daughter. I'm going to change that. And my daughter was on a very similar journey than what I was on when I was a teenager. I was very much a prude, couldn't say the words, very ashamed of my body. And so I was like, I need to change this for her now. And I have two very, very good friends who have supported me through the tears, through the breakdowns, because our pussies scare the shit out of a lot of women. Yeah and trigger a lot of women and men greatly. And it was because of my journey back to my own pussy that I, this this needs to change, it needs to shift. So many women are ashamed of their bodies. They don't even look at themselves. They can't say the names. And this is filtering into our younger girls. Mm. Our younger girls are growing up in a culture where periods are shameful menopause is shameful everything about being a woman is shameful and I'm like right okay no when you realize the power that comes from the relationship with her it's remarkable it's sensational 
And so because I'd spent 30 years with a whole host of gynecological issues and a very, very disconnected relationship from my pussy, I set about to change it. And Pussy Galore became about empowering women to reconnect with themselves and reclaiming that sovereignty that has been taken away from me for so long. I mean, when I split up with my ex, I had a period of eight years where I was on my own. And I never even touched my genital area once. Not once did I have any interaction with that area whatsoever. No self-pleasure. Because every time I would touch myself, it would bring up shame, disgust and humiliation from the first three experiences I had as a teenager. And so in, in uncovering them through the belief coding process, I realized the majority of women will have these subconscious triggers within them that they don't even realize is happening. And so I've only just found masturbation at age 46. And the difference in my mental health, the difference that I have in my relationship with myself is phenomenal. And to spend 30 odd years berating myself, hating myself, not loving myself to now thinking I'm sensational is a massive journey. And there are so many women I know that are the same as me. And so I don't let the, the negative thoughts even entertain me anymore. And if they start to creep in through hormones or, you know, monthly cycles and things like that, then I'll give my pussy a little bit of loving. I'll give her a massage <laughs> and I'll reframe all that negative language. And it's such an interesting thing to do when you treat your pelvic bowl as a separate entity and you love on your pelvic bowl as if it was a, a child or a pet or your partner because you reframe all the positive language, you remove all the negative and your whole being just starts to come alive. It starts to flourish. <laughs> mm. I've been desperately trying not to interrupt you the whole way through this and been just like nodding and nodding because there's so much of what you've just said that I think will resonate with so many women who listen to this podcast. And actually, you know, we can't see you, but I can hear you. And you can see, you know, the change in your energy as you talk about where you've been to where you are now. And it's like magic is just emanating from you now. And you can see that that journey has has changed your life. But I know that it can absolutely change the lives of so many other women as well. You've talked a bit about your mission, I think, in, in what you just talked about and how you came up with the concept. But what are you hoping to achieve with Pussy Galore? I am hoping to bring women home to themselves. I'm hoping to break down barriers and stigma around women's health. And I'm aiming to enable women to not be so scared of their bodies. I think there is a culture that is purposely driven for women to not feel good about themselves or to have self-doubt or even self-loathing and until until we can come home to the one thing that gives us power then women are just going to stay stuck and it does start with the pussy it starts with the pelvic bowl there's a lot of ancient wisdom around what's been buried and hidden with regards to a woman's power 
and understanding feminine masculine energies and how we can tune into the body i want women to not be so scared of that and through our programs my holistic pussy care program it's done in a non-sexual way to support women to start off there it can be quite a daunting concept because we refer to it in a sexual context and i want to remove all of that first mm -hmm. and foremost let's get rid of that this is our bodies let's reclaim sovereignty over that if you can't even name your genital areas if you can't even touch yourself if you can't look at your pussy in the mirror and think she's spectacular then you have work to do <laughs> and the minute women start to take that back their lives will be transformed in the most remarkable of ways and it starts with us it starts with coming home to ourselves yeah and I think what's really exciting is over the next few episodes we've got some amazing stories to share yeah. about how you've done that and the ways that so many women's lives have changed for the better off off the back of doing this work because it, it is work but it's it's so worth it in the long run when it you see the change and the shift in all of the women that you work with and I think your story that you talked to us about at the beginning is deeply intertwined with the themes of women's healing self-discovery empowerment and I know that those are themes that you use when you work with all the women that you work with. Just talk me through, how do you guide other women in uncovering things like limiting beliefs? You talked about imposter syndrome before. And how do you actually guide them and help them on embarking on doing this work and starting their own healing journey? So it's, I mean, it starts with a conversation first and foremost, and I'll ask women what they believe is holding them back and it depends what stage of the journey these women are on because if I have women who are deeply triggered by the word pussy then jumping straight into the, hol the holistic pussy care program might not be the first place to start with them but if they know that they need to do the work and they want to see transformation we will start with uh, the energy work and we'll start with the belief coding because that's not as intrusive it is a it is a process to start to come back to yourself and you have to realize what your triggers are first what are the energetic blocks what are the physical blocks that you don't know are holding you back so for me when I started the belief coding I didn't realize I had 11 trap traumas within my pelvic bowl um, my cervix was not happy with a loop excision I'd had. My clitoris wasn't happy with my first sexual experience. My vaginal canal was not happy with not being supported through the birthing process. And so, but consciously, I didn't know these things. And so what the belief coding does is it takes a deep dive into your subconscious and there's a step-by-step -step process that we work through to bring all that to the surface. Mm. And with the Pussy Galore experience, the way that I formulated it, the way that I have found it works best is we'll start women with the healing journey with Jade first. We'll do the energy work. It's a beautiful three-hour process. 
where we start with the yoni steam and a bit of drumming and chanting. And then we move on to the table to do a, an hour long Reiki Sakem massage. And Jade will intuitively tune in to how the energy is flowing and where the blocks are um, in a bid to start to get the chi and the life force energy flowing a little bit more freely. And then she'll finish with a womb wrapping ceremony. Within the womb wrapping ceremony, what happens is women end up going back to a place when they were either babies or the time when they felt most safe and loved. And it's it's such a nurturing feeling to go back to that place. And so what then happens over the next few days is it starts to bring things to the surface and it'll either come to the surface in a physical way or memories will come to the forefront and I'll then go in and belief code on that. And so that whole process is a complete shifting of any traumas that are trapped within the physical body. We'll bring that up into the energetic realm. And Jade has cleared the way for the life force energy to flow through. Once you've gone up into the energetic realm, you can then tap into the spiritual realm, which is where the magic happens, which is where either sources, the universe, God, consciousness, whatever people call it, but that is the journey we want to take women on, because when we can get women into the spiritual realm, that is when they become co-creators of their reality. And so we'll start with that with that process. And then when women are ready to move on to the holistic pussy care program, we'll teach them how to do the vaginal checks on themselves, how to figure out where the congestion patterns are, where the tension is and where energetically they sit, because you can feel it in your vaginal canal. I was very, very heavily in my masculine because I was so disconnected from my feminine. And within the feminine energies, it's where a woman's passion and sexuality and sensuality and intuition and creativity all resides in the feminine. But you have to come home to yourself to be able to access your feminine. And what I had found is that I didn't want to come home to myself because I didn't like me. I didn't like who I was. And I just did everything I possibly could to distract myself from coming home to me. And so I was always busy doing, doing, doing. But the minute I started to soften and embrace my emotions and become raw with it, that was when I realized I was starting to manifest at an incredible rate and in the last 14 months like my life is unrecognizable because I did the work and I wrote a list down 14 months ago this is what I want my life to look like universe here it is I burnt it off and everything has come into fruition and I just had to to trust that that journey yeah and I honestly I am just so in awe of you and I really love that you've actually just talked there about masculine and feminine energy because I think these are buzzwords a little bit at the minute and I'm seeing it a lot on social media I'm seeing a lot of people talk about it but I haven't actually heard anybody describe it and what it means and all of a sudden that's making so much sense to me I'm sure it will our listeners because these are very sensitive topics and actually you know you with Lots of women that you work with are looking at topics like fertility, menopause, sexual empowerment. And you, you talked earlier about the fact that 
it depends where women are as to how you start that journey and which which path you put them on but you very clearly from what you've just talked about create a safe space for women to explore these subjects to find support to learn about themselves to move into their feminine energy just talk to me a little bit more about that because I think that that's that's really important in this with regards to the safe space that you have just mentioned I work remotely with a lot of women and so they can create their own spaces in their own environments when I do the holistic pussy care program it is over zoom so that when they go off and do their own vaginal checks by themselves it's not as intrusive cameras off and sound is off and they go away and do it by themselves whereas I am trained to do the vaginal checks on women but even that is a big step for mm. some women to kind of put themselves on the table and have another woman insert themselves you know a lot of women are resistant for going for smears in creating the online format it breaks down that barrier to enable women to go and do it themselves yeah that makes sense I'm going to take you back to something you were just talking about, if that's okay, because you just talked about starting to manifest and the last 14 months of your life and the list that you wrote. And I know very recently one of those big things on the list has, has come true for you. But I'm also very conscious that in all of this, there will have been a lot of self-doubt. There will have been a lot of struggles. There will have been a lot of hurdles through all of this transformation and I'm very, very conscious that that will be the case for other people as well. Those moments, talk to me about them and along the way, and how did you push through them? How did you overcome them? Oh, gosh, it has been like a tricky journey. My family probably and my partner have thought that I've lost my goddamn mind <laughs> at times. But I have two incredible women who are my biggest champions, my biggest supporters who have given themselves over to me for everything that I have learned and I have taught them. And it is through their unwavering support that I have managed the bumps in the road with my partner, with my family, because to them, it has been incredibly scary. I went from living quite a mundane life, very routine, day in, day out. I would go to work with, you know, my my business. I would go to my business. I'd come home. I'd take the dogs for a walk. I'd do the housework. I'd maybe watch a bit of telly. And that was my life. It was Groundhog Day, where my partner is off traveling the world all the time, never experiencing what it is like to just live that kind of mundane life, just doing the same things day in, day out. And when I started on my healing journey last year, beginning of 2022, I think it was, I found my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I found my voice and I found the things that I was no longer going to accept into my life. And I had spent many, many years people-pleasing, trying to be a different version of Julianne White that would be acceptable to other people. But I hated me. I hated myself. <laughs> and I don't think you're the only woman because 
I've been there and I found my voice and realized that. And I think there's so many other women out there the same. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not, I'm not putting up with this anymore. If people are going to talk about me and not really like me for being a pretend Julianne White, I am now going to find my voice and I'm going to speak my truth more. I'm going to put boundaries in place more. My partner did not like that. (laughs) (laughs) One bit. (laughs) And we did have a period where we separated for a while because all of a sudden, I'm doing stuff for everybody else. You know, my daughter was coming of age last year. She was 18 and I'm I'm always giving to her. I'm always giving to my partner. I'm always giving to my employees. I'm always giving to my families, always to everybody else first before me. And last year I went, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. What do I actually want? And I was like, well, firstly, I don't want to run this business anymore. I don't know who Julianne White is as a solitary individual in this world. I'm either an employee or I'm beholden to families or, you know, I'm a partner, I'm a mother. Who am I? Who is Julianne White? And when you develop your pussy voice, your pussy voice links up to your heart voice and you will get a little, well, I do anyway, I get a little flutter in my pussy, which is my yes response. And I get resistance in my heart to my no response. And so in tuning in to my pussy, my heart, my mind, she started to lead the way. And I was like, okay, pussy says no. (laughs) Pussy says, yes, that's good. Let's go for it. And, And so in listening to my internal systems, I would find myself speaking without even thinking, saying no to certain things that I had always trampled on my own boundaries never listened to myself and it had always made me deeply unhappy and all of a sudden I found this power voice and I just started to emerge and what I found I listened to this book called the dark side of the light chasers and she talks about you shouldn't be striving for perfection you should be striving for wholeness And that means embracing all your negative aspects that you don't necessarily like. And so all my negative traits that I thought that I didn't like about myself was to do with speaking my truth and putting boundaries in place. But that was because when I was 15, I had a very challenging relationship with my dad. He was always very outspoken. He used to embarrass me when he was like that. And I had said, I never want to be like my dad. And in doing that, had buried a huge part of who I was. And so I came to reflect upon that. And I was like, well, actually, my dad has the most loyal friends. He has a loyal wife who he's been with for over 50 years. And there are benefits to him speaking his truth. He knows who his people are. And I was like, right, I am ready to step into my dad and embrace those characteristics that 30 years ago I had hated and I had buried for so long. And I was like, that is who I am. These are the qualities that I don't necessarily like, but but they serve me in 
in such a powerful way. They serve me in that I can now be my true authentic self and speak my truth. And I don't have to upset anybody by by doing that, but it removes blocks and barriers from me. I'm just like, no, I'm not happy with that. No, I'm not doing that. And so once I started to do that, that's when Pussy Galore started to kind of unfold and I started to step into who I was always meant to be. And I don't have imposter syndrome anymore with Pussy Galore like I did with my other business. And and I feel Pussy Galore is now a true representation of who I am and the journey that I have been on. And so... I'm super excited about the next stage of what entrepreneurship means for me, because if I achieved everything that I achieved before with a business that didn't really resonate so much with me, I am going to do extraordinary things now as my unique, true version of me. And also knowing how to tap into the divine now, knowing when I'm too much in my masculine, I have to come into my feminine I can use my own body as a GPS system to do remarkable things now. I love that. That's such an amazing analogy. And I've been dying to ask you this question, actually, and I think it fits perfectly now. If you were to look back, what advice would you give your younger self in the most challenging moments of your journey? Oh, gosh, I think it would be to not be so scared of myself. To not be so scared of, of, I don't know whether power is the right word because I always dimmed my light for other people. And the thing that I'm hearing the most from people now is you sh- you're shining so brightly now, Julie. And I don't know what that means except for being my authentic self. I'm tapping into that divine energy that is magnetic to people. And I wish, gosh, I wish I could go back to my younger self and tell her to masturbate. That's brilliant. I do. Yeah. I really do because I was so afraid of that and so afraid of what that what that meant, that that journey. And, you know, to be able to do that so freely now without any triggers I grieve for the 30 years that I that I never had that that I used other distractions within my my sexual journey and just pushed foreplay to the side as if it was you know it wasn't important and our sexual energy is is literally what drives us in this world and and that would be the thing I would go back to my younger self and say is love yourself, learn how to play yourself like a Beethoven concerto, (laughs) because when you do, the magic will happen. Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to take you back a, a little bit because I really want to leave our listeners with some little tips and something that they can start doing themselves and it links really nicely to what you've just said about I tell my younger self to masturbate which I absolutely love but for people who are struggling at the moment with resilience struggling with that transformation or they might be at the beginning of their journey 
what message of hope and encouragement and maybe just some little tips would you share would you share with them I think the first thing to possibly do is the pussy gazing has just come into my mind and the reason I think that is such a powerful exercise is for most women the first time that you do that if you have never done it it's going to bring up a lot of feelings uh, negative feelings you're going to think she's gross or she's different than than other people's and I invite women to write down all of that negative language that comes up when you stare at your pussy in the mirror and then write the complete opposite and the vulva massage is the next activity that I encourage women to do and I don't mean in a sexual context it just means if you were to stroke your arms getting familiar with how she feels because then you will notice if there are any swellings or any changes and things like that and when you do that massage all of that positive affirmative language that if you have just taken from the negative you will then start to say that to her as you are just massaging. I like to use coconut oil when I do my massage because it feels a lot nicer when I do it. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with the rice exercise in the three cups. No, let's so let's there, tell people. There is a study where there were three glasses of rice. One was ignored. One was given nothing but negative language and one was given nothing but positive language. Okay. And the one that was ignored went the blackest and the moldiest. And the one that had all the negative language, the, the rice again, it wasn't as putrid as the one that was ignored, but the one that was given negative language still went black and moldy. And the one where you sent positive intentions to it stayed the same. And that that exercise reminds me of my degenerative osteoarthritis in my in my hips because that happened over the period when I went eight years without touching myself when I was just completely negative towards myself and women store all of their trauma their stress and their emotions within their pelvic bowl and that made me realize if I've ignored this area for that much time dis-ease is going to occur and it reminds me of the rice the minute you start to bring attention to an area, the minute you start to reframe it with more positive, loving thoughts, then that is when the dis-ease will change. That's when gynecological issues will start to alleviate as well. And then when you're ready, then I can start to teach you how to do your own vaginal checks. Because once you understand your pelvic map, it will influence how you navigate daily life. And it is like a GPS system. I do my checks in the shower now. I found it just so easy to kind of tune in first thing in the morning and go, right, okay, where are we? Okay, we're a bit tight on the right side today. Or we're very tight. I, I wasn't so well a few days ago. And I'd gone two days and I got in the shower and I was like, whoa, you are so tight on the right side Today is a day for the energy meditation to clear the the energetic blocks. Today is a day for rest. And today is a day for loving on that area. And the next day when I got in the shower, it dissipated. And so I, I do encourage women to start to change the language that they are telling themselves. 
and to view the pelvic bowl as a separate entity because it just makes it so much easier to be able to do it that way and then things will start to change in the body mm, and it absolutely sounds like you can start to be in touch with yourself yeah um, and really understand you that gps analogy is really really staying with me and i think that that is so so powerful last question from me what can our listeners expect from future episodes how are we going to continue this and guide and inspire this community so i think my journey has many many layers to it i've had cptsd i've lived with chronic anxiety my daughter and i were involved in the manchester terror attack i've had two hip replacements my daughter developed trauma-based epilepsy. So my mothering journey, whilst trying to do life and living with trauma is, is something else I would like to touch upon. And, you know, maybe entrepreneurship as well, you know, setting up your own business and the pussy loving journey. There are so many layers that I think will resonate with women, especially with regards to the trauma and living with chronic anxiety because at 29 the end of 2019 at my worst I wanted to kill myself and I sat at the top of my stairs where the disassociative anxiety had got so bad that I was permanently on the outside of my body and I thought I was dying and daily life was so difficult the body would be shaking constantly. I would have this pit feeling here in my chest. I would struggle to get through the day without trembling or shaking. And I was like, I cannot see a way out of this. I cannot. And that was at my worst. And I know there will be a lot of women out there who are struggling with chronic anxiety at the time. And so I understand that to come back into the body is the one thing that alleviates that because I haven't had anxiety for nearly 18 months now so that th these are kind of some of the things that I that I would like to share with my viewers in in upcoming podcasts yeah and I think there's some amazing stories about the work that you've done with some women as well because oh, yes. you've I, I mean I don't want to spoil it for future episodes but some of the stories that you've shared with me literally gave me goosebumps so I think they're brilliant ones to share with other people too yeah I agree Chilia White thank you Gabriella thank you as we conclude this episode of living an inspired life I want to extend my heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you who has joined us on this journey of self-discovery and empowerment remember Transformation is a continuous process and the stories shared here remind us that no matter where we start, we have the power to shape our destinies. If Julie's remarkable path from battling addiction to becoming an award-winning entrepreneur and a beacon of healing has taught us anything, it's that resilience knows no bounds. The challenges we face are opportunities to grow, to evolve and to rewrite the narratives that hold us back. I encourage you to carry the lessons you've heard into your own lives, reflect on the subconscious beliefs that might be constraining you and dare to challenge them. Embrace the discomfort of growth, knowing that it's through discomfort that we truly expand our horizons. 
And as you move forward, remember that you are never alone. The Living and Inspired Life community stands as a testament to the strength that arises from shared experiences and mutual support. Continue to seek out the resources, connections and tools that resonate with your journey. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your quest for a life filled with purpose, joy and fulfilment. Stay inspired, stay curious and always remember that your potential is limitless. Until next time, keep thriving, keep evolving and keep living an inspired life.